This is professional wrestling legend, downtown Bruno. Hi, this is Sassy Steffi. Hi, this is Leva Bates. This is Dustin Five Star. And Maria. And you're listening to... And you are listening... And And you're you're listening listening to to the Oversell Podcast. It is episode 33, and we have so much to get through and not much time to get there. Stick around. This is the Oversell Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I'm Dan. You all right there? <laughs> Taco Bell got me. <laughs> you're deadly, Dan, now. You're not dangerous, Dan. You're, uh, yeah, you're... watch it. I'll breathe on you and kill you. <laughs> uh, I'm not worried about you breathing on me after you had Taco Bell. Yeah, well, <laughs> you should be. <laughs> no Mike this week. He is uh, making a little money doing the whole work thing. We miss oh, you, yeah. Mike. Got a huge show plan for you we're gonna have a hopefully we're gonna have a special guest here later in the episode uh let's kind of do a little roundup some wrestling this week yeah um we have a new stable yes in the wwe the league of nations league of nations and i sounds like it should be like a tarantino flick or something (laughs) (laughs) i loved it i loved um i thought it was uh very well done now the key is with this stable, is keeping it booked strong. Yeah. You have to, they have to be a force. Mm-hmm. You, you've got six guys protecting Sheamus. Mm-hmm. This is going to help him get more over as a heel. Yeah. And and Wade Barrett being king of the ring already counts against him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's just, it, the, Raw needed to do something, and I think this is a step, not to say that they're there yet, mm-hmm. this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, it's it's a step in the right direction, you know. Um, I'm I'm glad they're finally creating a faction of some sort, you know, because it just seems like there's just this, there's a giant hole in the show, you know. Right. It's missing something. Right. And I I got to thinking last night it was like what you know, and I was watching NXT, <clears throat> and Emma's character history popped into my head while I was watching her on NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, okay, so Emma was like this clumsy chick who palled around with Santino and she was on the main roster and now she's a vindictive heel and she's stuck right back well, in NXT. Yeah. And what I liked about that is she's pissed because that's where she's back at. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they're using that kind of as the angle for and I actually, know, her being the way she is now. And I actually like what they're doing with her and Asuka. Asuka. Uh, uh, I, I really like... I, li- I like her and Dana Brooke together. Mm-hmm. I think they're a good heel pairing. And Dana Brooke has a long way to go. Yeah, but I, you know, she's I, to me, she's doing all right mm-hmm. for right now for what she is. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, you know, and just you know, like back back to the giant hole thing though. You know, um, it brought to mind when was the last time you saw a comedy segment on Raw. Uh, like whenever the new day Santino on. wise, you know, stuff like that, you know. New Day is entertaining in their own right because New Day's entertainment wrestling wise right. and, you know, entertaining wise. They're just flat out entertaining. I like watching them. They're funny, yeah. You know, 
and they need to be careful. I think you know they were on Raw a lot this week, and I'm not complaining about it. They were on like four segments, right? Weren't they? right. <laughs> Three or four segments. Yeah. They have to be careful with that. You, yes, you, they're one of your top acts going right now. Do not overexpose them to where they're going to get that Roman Reigns syndrome and get that. You know, oh, they're trying to cram us down, cram it down our throats. Right. No, 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 we don't want that. You know, but I have to say, when they were on commentary, mm-hmm. that was hilarious. <laughs> Big e, Big E has such a personality. Oh yeah, you know when he came up and when he was doing the five count NXT, that was cool. Mm-hmm. But doing the, his, uh, he's just he's being himself. Yeah, just turned up a little bit, which it, it all that always turns out to be the best characters. Oh yeah, I mean it just. It, you know, it, if they just, I, I think, you know, the the table of three thing, you know, the table for three thing, you know, where they said, you know, just give us a chance to fail and we promise you we won't. Why don't they do that more often now? I mean, I think that's a proven system now, you know. Why don't they do that more often? Why don't they let these guys come up with stuff, you know, and pitch it and get it in, get it in gear and get it in line, you know, because that's what, that's what. The business needs. It right. needs wrestlers being creative. And, and it needs... And if you're stifling people's creativeness, they're not going to be around very long. And one of the things Mick Foley brought up um, when he was on Stone Cold's podcast this week is they got to quit completely scripting these promos. Yeah. Give them bullet points. Yep. Hit on these, but be yourself. And that's what made old school so much better. Yeah. You know, you had three bullet points. And that's what made all my promos so much better. Nobody told me what to say. Nobody did anything that said, okay, Dan, this is what you're going to say. This is what you're going to say word for word and everything. Every time I was on TV or every time, you know, I had an interview or anything like that, it was bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, end it how you want it. Mm-hmm. And they gave me like 30 minutes to come up with something. You know, and sometimes I didn't even need that, you know. I've got enough promos rolling around in my head that I've seen from the 80s and 70s and <laughs> everything else that, you know, I'd, it all meshed, it all mashes together in my head. And, 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 you know, anytime you turn a camera on in front of me, I can cut a promo. I can go into promo mode immediately, you right. know. And if you stifle that, if you take that away from me and you tell me I've got to say this exactly like this, and in this way, and in this emotion, and in everything else, you're not letting me be me. You're not letting me right. be creative. People want people. We want organic. Yeah, we want natural. Exactly. I mean, imagine them saying, "Hey, Dusty Rhodes, if you printed out, if you printed me out the Hard Times promo mm-hmm. and gave it to me, I would not be able to. No, just Wouldn't read it to. straight like it. And du- you could you could type that out and give it to Dusty Rhodes." Instead of him coming up with it naturally and organic, I mean, it would it would have not been probably one of the. It's that, to me that's one of the greatest wrestling promos of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, George in our chat room also said Mick said he said leave leave Sasha alone. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should leave her alone. I think you should book her. Yeah, <laughs> just book her. Right. Just, you know, uh, she had like a four or five minute match. Oh yeah, against Nikki Bella. Yeah, yeah. and and it it was all right. Um, you're still trying to figure out who's the heel, who's the face, because. If Brie Mode is trying to, or if Brie yells out, Brie Mode, mm-hmm. that's something a face does to get a pop. Which I, I still hate that to this day because it's a yes. Total Divas thing. Yes. It's and not even a thing she invented. It's something she started saying on Total Divas, and I hate that show. And I think one thing I liked, <laughs> it was a short match between Charlotte and Becky Lynch, mm-hmm. but it kind of uh, um, started a slow heel turn for Charlotte. Yes. 
Yes. Her using the old Ric Flair, my legs hurt, mm-hmm. roll up. Playing possum. Thought, I, I thought it was I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'd like to see a slow heel turn and then her to actually become a true dastardly heel. Oh, yeah. Which is what, if they want this big Divas revolution, you have to start there. You mm-hmm. need someone the Divas can focus on that is a heel mm-hmm. that's going to get heat. And, and and it's cool because it's organic. Right. It's it's a slow I mean, a flare cheating. You know? Imagine that's, that. That's <laughs> the that's probably the most natural thing on this planet is exactly. a flare exactly. cheating. You know? But otherwise, um, you know, it's, uh, Cesaro, I think, would have been another great addition for mm-hmm. the League of Nations. Yeah. Stable. I thought yeah. that would have been cool because that would have finally given him something I more mean, to do. I mean, there's so many guys that are, you know, from other countries that are in the company right now. It's insane. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got Hideo Itami, you've got Finn Balor, yeah. you got, I mean, you got, uh, God, oh, I had somebody on the tip of my tongue and I, it left me before I said it. <laughs> uh, George asked <laughs> a good question in the chat room. Who are the babyface divas? Right now, I'd have to, we'd have to say Becky Lynch. Yeah. Uh, Becky Lynch and... Not Paige. No, no, not, <laughs> not Paige. Team uh, Bad. We don't know what Team Bad is. They're still a little neutral to me. On, yeah. Um, you know, it'd be a good time. Maybe maybe Charlotte and Paige start teaming up mm-hmm. and just start beating the shit out of Divas. Mm-hmm. And who comes to make the save one day for Becky Lynch? Mm-hmm. Bailey. There you go. And then you have two mm-hmm. for sure face Divas. Yeah, which... I saw Bailey get thrown through a door by Nia Jax. That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, like, that's how NXT, you. That's, that was pretty it's, badass. It's, it's so incredible how they can have these moments on NXT and still not get it on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Like that is a way for you to book a strong heel to challenge your babyface and to make it look, question like whether or not the babyface can win this match. Yep. I mean, and even even looking at it like. Can Bailey beat Nia Jax in a mm. fight? Yeah, we it's, don't know. It's it's good booking, you know. Yeah, and it's you know another difference is it's an hour show. Yeah, it's an hour show. When you every week when you get done watching NXT, mm-hmm. you think like, where what's going to happen next week? Yep. I mean, I want I want to see, and what I like best about NXT is it's such a it's such. It, it has more of an indie feel to it, you know? Um, smaller crowd, so a lot more intimate crowd, you know, and they're chanting and doing anything to get over, you know, uh, to get their who they want over, you know? Right. And, you know, it's just a whole lot more intimacy with the crowd, a whole lot more up in your face with the crowd and everything. And, you know, it feels like <laughs> if I didn't know any better, I'd almost be like, Hey, are they paying these fans to be here? <laughs> you know, but I know they're not, you know, because of the things they chant sometimes. Because, but I mean, I think it's funny though, because you know, it's almost like every fanboy within a 300 mile radius of Florida is driving to Florida for NXT every week, <laughs> right? Um, a little bit of breaking news. I just saw this. It was posted earlier today. Mm-hmm. Mick Foley confirms his son Dewey. Has been hired by the WWE. How old is Dewey? He's got to be at least eighteen now, if he's been hired by the WWE. Yeah, but I wouldn't put him much past twenty. Yeah. Well, here here's what it's saying. Uh, as we first reported yesterday, Mick Foley's son Dewey is joining the WWE creative team. That's wild. 
I think this is a way to for them to indirectly get Mick Foley as part of their creative team. Like, yeah, maybe. I think that I think that has to have something to do with it. It may be. It might be in there somewhere, but at the same time, you got to remember there's 30 people writing every show. Yeah, that's just one person. Yeah. You know? If Freddie um, Prince Jr. If Freddie Prince Jr. is still on there, <laughs> I'm hoping it's not. Uh, it's not about um, them hiring just to get one over on Mick for him trashing their product here lately. I doubt that. They're not. Nah, Mick, we're gonna hire your son to be in the creative so team. Shut up! <laughs> shut! Stop talking about your son's company, you son of a bitch. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, no. 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 Let's hope it, not. But what? What what's kind of shocking at the same time is that they didn't cut the cord there, you know, right. and they they you know didn't bring Dewey in and say, oh wait, your dad's knocking raw, we got to get rid of you, you know. <laughs> so I mean, it's kind it's kind of shocking there, you know, but you know at the same time, you know, more power to you, kid, if you got <laughs> in the creative team. Holy hell! <laughs> Did you hear about what um, Brad Maddox's name is on the Indies now? No, it's Mad Braddox. Mad Brad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, I think they missed the boat on him. Oh, big time, big um, time. Uh, he, I saw him backstage last time I was uh, backstage. Uh, he was just kind of wandering around, nothing to do, right? You know, filling in spots here and there and everything. I don't even think he was on a dark match. You know, he was just back there. You know, just. I'm here. Give me something to do, you know, kind of deal. Um, and I kind of felt bad for the guy because it was just like, that's Brad Maddox. You know, I haven't seen him in months. Right. And <laughs> I would not have booked booked him as a wrestler. Uh, well, yeah. I would book him as a true heel manager. Well, he he was booked as a wrestler with Adam Rose. He was booked as a tag team with Adam Rose, and they were getting over in the dark matches and everything. And Vince supposedly <laughs> was right behind. Uh, you obviously see something in the chat room, but no. Uh, Vince was Vince was supposedly behind uh, Adam Rose and Brad as a tag team. Mm-hmm. All right, what do you see in the chat room? George in the <laughs> chat room said he already has cocky pricks tees. I think. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of cocky pricks, have you seen that video of uh, Joey Joey Ryan? And uh, he's wrestling in Japan. Oh and the yeah. Guy grabs oh his crotch and tests his tree. <laughs> Oh yeah, I saw. I actually somebody sent that to me today. He's like, "Talk about this on your podcast." Yeah, like, using his penis as like an arm wrench or something, wasn't it? Like, yeah, that was it. Was freaking hilarious. Uh, I saw. I, I, I was in my cubicle at work, and thank God I didn't have my headphones in because mm-hmm. I really didn't want people hearing what was going on in that ring. Oh, uh, it was just a bunch of yelling, yeah. really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was funny. You know, Japan. I they died do, laughing that on that one. That was pretty funny. The uh, the the. They do some weird shit over there in Japan. Uh, yeah. Like, do you did you see um, the dude wrestling the? Um, I've seen the, I've the, seen him wrestle an invisible man. I've seen them wrestle a doll. That's what. I've yeah, seen the doll one wrestle a nine year old girl. The doll was awesome. That the man, doll was awesome. Yes. The the quick sunset flip power mm-hmm. bombs or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, George asked if it was called Dick Strong. Dick Strong. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, seriously. Uh, I'll try to tweet out the link or something. Um, uh, you'll never see anything like that again. N- no, unless he turns it into a signature move. Let's hope not, because that's <laughs> something like that's something you have to pull out 
every so often. That's not the best phrase to use right uh, there. Who's facing, who's facing Joey Ryan tonight? I don't know, but I'm not grabbing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Do not go for the test of strength. Do not no, go no, for the test no. of strength. <laughs> and, folks, let, i got to tell you something here. Dan showed up here tonight. And he is wearing this awesome Southern Premier Wrestling shirt. Yeah. And it has these characters all over it. Like, I He's, can see. He turned us into cartoon characters. It's, it's awesome. The There's shirt. you it's in awesome. your vest with your red and black trunks. Mm-hmm. I see the psycho butcher, Andrew Palmer. Is that Austin Carrier right here, top uh, right? Yes. Uh, guy next to. This is Sandoval. We've got. Is uh, Mo on there? Yeah, Mo's on there. Is that him right there uh, at the let's bottom? see here. It might be. I want to say yes. Okay. Even got the referee. <laughs> yeah, and who's the guy? I, I can't remember the guy's name next to Andrew at the top. Um, here? Yeah. Corey Daniels. Corey Daniels, that's right. Yeah, Sorry. there's Sandoval. There's Anita. Is Lone Wolf on there? Oh, yeah. Ricky Smith's on here, too. Um, I'll do that, George. I'm going to put it on the Facebook page. Let's see here. Yeah. Um, I, and It's really cool. It's 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 uh, Here, let me get the Corey. I got to way. go to the... Um, Southern Premier Wrestling show, the reunion show a couple of weeks back. And folks, I got to say, it was a long show, but it was an amazing show. Oh, yeah. We all have fun. You yeah. Know. It was uh, it was probably a three or a four year run for that show. Mm-hmm. And at the end, everybody was just kind of burned out. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You I can imagine that. Because, like, I remember <laughs> the Lone Wolf, I remember the match. Uh, his last match of that tournament, um, he, he they said Kenneth announced, and this top match has a time limit of one hour. And he yeah. just looked at him like, "What? <laughs> 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 one yeah. hour? You mean I got to wrestle?" And he's I'm doing like, this right before hell? his match. <laughs> one hour? You go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> but that I like. I really liked watching him work. Um, there's so many folks up there christian cage everybody was was so talented you know um and i got an opportunity to work just about everybody in the two three year run that i had up there uh i got an opportunity to work just about everybody in the company you know at one point or another um even the girls uh one night uh caitlin pride jumped in the ring you know because we were Mm -hmm. we were doing the rick flair bit where you know if somebody beat me i had to retire you know so uh, hey, that's Reno Diamond on your shirt. Yeah, too. That's, that's Reno down there at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that shirt! I, go to Facebook dot com slash Oversell Podcast. I just posted a picture. Yeah, of Dan's shirt. I mean, it's it's truly is a cool shirt. Who's in the middle? Uh, that is Zed Gecko, the Who? bane of everyone's existence. Okay, he's a, he's a heel manager basically. Oh, he okay, was, he was representative of the chairman of the committees, whatever you know. Uh huh. But he was big heel. Uh, okay. He, was he there at the Grand Prix tournament? Um, no, okay. he was not. Um, Who was the guy that came out and basically turned Reno Diamond heel for the night? That was Michael Ward. Okay. Yeah, and uh, he might be on here somewhere too. He ought to be. I'd recognize that bald, bald head. Bald head. Yeah. <laughs> you got that's the other manager, right? On the yeah, Kelly the glasses. Yeah, Kelly's down there by the ref. I liked. I liked his. Oh, there's the bald guy right there at the bottom. Uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just yeah. He's behind Reno there. Yeah, that's that's such a cool shirt. Yeah, I love it. I yeah, love man. it. They gave it to me. Yeah, you know, I didn't. They need to. They gave. I think they gave everybody who was on the shirt 
a shirt. <laughs> oh. well, someone who wears a 2X needs to send me those because I want that shirt. Um, we might still be able to print one out. I'm sure okay. they've got yeah. the design. I'd like to have one. Oh, yeah. it's it's. I love it. This is actually one of the first times I've worn it. <laughs> <laughs> I got my WrestleCrate in. I got a Sasha Banks shirt. Oh, yeah? George is totally jealous of me, nah, too. I'm sure George is completely <laughs> jealous of that. <laughs> <laughs> Man... But yeah, I the the two or three year year run even. Uh, but let's see, I was going into my story about uh, Caitlin and uh, yeah, <laughs> we, my bad. I I won the match against Reno like barely by the skin of my teeth, you know, and we uh, we go on and I'm I'm acting like I'm getting out of the ring and everything, and then Michael Ward goes, no 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 no, you're gonna face. Caitlin Pride, you know, and I'm like, no, nope, I'm not wrestling a girl, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get physical with a woman and everything, and I'm do, I'm putting my hands up in the air and everything, and Caitlin scared the bejesus out of me. She comes up and starts pushing me <laughs> as hard as she possibly can. She about knocked me down a couple of times. And she's like, come on, hit me, hit me, you know. <laughs> and so then Anita comes out from the back, you know, and she hadn't, she hadn't, she hadn't been around for a while, and and. Uh, she, she, she hadn't she hadn't been around for a while, and she goes, uh, she comes in the ring and gives me a chop, which disqualifies Caitlin for me getting hit, and I'm sitting there going ah like that, you know, and then I start smiling because I realize what she did, you know. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. You know, it's just like oh, she saved my career. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say you want to do a quick wrestling moment. Yeah, sure. Let's go back. To the time device, time traveling device. We are in December 5th, 1977. <laughs> Mid-South Coliseum. Before I was born. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, four years before I was born. So we got, uh, let's see. Stretcher match. No, hold on. We'll go from the bottom to the top. First match was Cowboy Frankie Lane versus Terry Gordy. Terry Gordy. There you go. David Schultz and Sonny King versus Mr. Wrestling Jerry Br- and Jerry Bryant. Mike Stark versus, versus Big Red. Phil Hickerson, who, uh, according to Downtown Bruno, was one of the greatest heels to greatest ever. Greatest heels to ever walk into Memphis. Memphis. Yep. It was him and Dennis. That looks like. Condry? Huh? Condry? Kinda. Condry, yeah. Man, sometimes these things get really I'm hard. not even looking at the book, man. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's Phil, H- Phil Hickerson, Dennis Condry with Al Costello. Hmm, that's a funny name to have yeah. as a manager, Al Costello. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure that worked into a gimmick. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, and they were the Southern Tag Team Champions taking on Bill Dundee and Noval Austin. There you go. Main event was a stretcher match. The ring was enclosed in wire. No referee, and $20,000 against title. Mm-hmm. Jerry Lawler, the king. Okay. Versus the champion, Jimmy Valiant. Oh, Handsome that's a good Jimmy one. Valiant. Huh. I bet He's that a, was a good one. I tell you something, man. We're going to go in there in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm the son of a gypsy. <laughs> I'm from New York City, but my grandmother is right here in Memphis, Tennessee, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see which one. I think it's <laughs> every time I, I think every time somebody says Jimmy Valiant, I always think about the time he hauled off and kissed Corey Macklin on live <laughs> TV in the studio. <laughs> let's see. 
Got to be sure I find the right one. You're looking for results? Yeah, the results are here. I just got to match it up with the right card. Okay. Jerry Lawler regained his Southern Heavyweight Wrestling title last night by defeating Jimmy Valiant before 8,009 fans in the Mid-South Coliseum. 8,000 people in the Mid-South Coliseum. I mean, back then, that was average. That was... That's... that's for a, for wrestling, imagine wrestling in eight front. In Can front you of, fit eight thousand people in the coliseum? Yeah, they got twelve in it. <laughs> oh my god! Holy crap! George says I used to think he was drunk anytime he wrestled. Who was that, George? Who do you think that was drunk? Probably hands Jimmy pro- probably, hands, hands probably Jimmy Valiant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I'll, let me finish this. In other matches, Frankie Lane beat Jim Gibbons. The Samoans fought to a draw with Robert Gibson, Mike Stallings. David Schultz, Sonny King beat Jerry Bryant, Mr. Wrestling. Big Red was the winner on disqualification from Mike Stark, as was the team of Bill Dundee and Norval Austin over Phil Hickerson and Dennis Condry. Yeah, J- Handsome Jimmy. Um, quick story. Mm-hmm. My dad uh, did some work, and I want to say it was ASWF in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was actually a heel. And he was going to be, there was a six-man tag match, and the referee got knocked out. Well, reluctantly, they said, Derek, we know your dad is having problems right now. Can you guess referee a match for it and call it right down the middle? And I said, yes, I will call this match right down the middle. Handsome Jimmy was in that match. Nice. I got to do the spot where Handsome Jimmy grabbed Dirty Dave's nose, Dirty Little Dave or something like that, and I had to count. Let it go, Jimmy. One, two. And then I slapped his hand, and it pulled Dirty Little Dave's mouth or nose down. Mm-hmm. You know that whole that whole shtick, and yeah. it was funny getting to see <laughs> and be a part of that. And Handsome Jimmy is effing crazy. Oh yeah, like legitimately crazy. Oh yeah, and he hop in there now, hop in there now, and just going it, it for. And it, it's hard to believe he's as old as he is because I think if you told him how old he's what, you'd shock him. Yeah. And he could still, at that time, he could still go. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't really doing waist locks and arm drags and hip tosses and everything like that. He was just throwing a bunch of punches. But still, show me a 70-year-old man, 60-year-old man that can go in there and just throw punches hard as hell. Yeah. Bill Dundee. But, but other, than Bill, <laughs> other than Bill Dundee. I mean, it's just... Uh, it's, Jerry Lawler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jerry just turned 63, didn't he? Or something million, like that. George, a, George is going to ask a million-dollar question here. Uh-oh. Could Derek be a good heel? Dan, could I be a good heel? If you learned right, yes. See, I, I wouldn't be a wrestler, per se. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be a manager. Uh, and what yeah, I, and I could I'd see be you the, doing that. I'd be the type of manager that I'd throw salt. Mm-hmm. I'd have to throw salt. I think your biggest problem would be trying not to laugh. <laughs> but see, that, I could work that in. <laughs> I could work that in. Like, yeah. dude got hit with the. Imagine this: we come out and like you're wrestling your match. I'm I'm managing you, mm-hmm. and I throw salt in a dude's face, and I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> and I'm laughing, and I turn around, and the guy's just standing there staring at me. Mm-hmm. And then, oh shit! Mm-hmm. I mean, it could work. <coughs> it gives me a reason to laugh. I don't. I don't know. We could do so many things yeah. with it. I, I, I told one of my friends was a long time ago was thinking about training to be a pro wrestler, and I said, "Oh, I can be your manager, and what I can do is just go in and talk as much crap about the opponents as possible, <laughs> get them so upset 
they kick your ass, and then I run away. He's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Why do I get to get my ass kicked? And and the, the um, psychology behind it would be, imagine the pop when I finally get caught yeah. and get beat up. Well, that's how Bruno made his money. That's exactly. Yeah. That, I mean, they they need man. They WWE needs a manager like that. Yeah. That and they have one. They have what? Paul Heyman. Well, not Paul, even Paul ain't even yeah, in that role. But I mean, he's. I mean, he's need, just ringside for I Brock Lesnar's matches now. He's not even involved in the match. Like, how annoying was it when you're watching a match and you see a referee try to trip a guy up? Oh yeah. You know, handcuffing. A tag team to the to the ring post, a tag team partner to the ring post. Mm-hmm. You know, you you need stuff like that because it gives uh, it gives people heat. They're trying, they're trying too hard to do the competitiveness in WWE. You know, they need that one level where you have a manager. You know, because it, it fits on the show, right? You know, just like the comedy does. Just like the entertaining wrestling does, you know, right. there's there's wrestling chain chain wrestling and stuff like that. That's entertaining to see, and it works into the show, right? You know, chain wrestling works into the show. Funny stuff works into the show. We know New Day's funny, mm-hmm. and they're entertaining mm-hmm. because they can wrestle. So mm-hmm. I mean, that just it's just an it's just an exclamation point for New Day that they're entertaining, they're funny. And they can wrestle, mm-hmm. so and and you just remember when like um, Bobby Heenan, he managed half the guys on a show. Oh yeah, they weren't really a stable per se, but he had different clients. Mm-hmm. Why not go back to something like that? I I just recently got to see Bobby's speech when he got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. He had managed everybody on the stage. <laughs> Everybody on the stage. He literally went down the line, up and down the line of both rows of people who were inducted into the Hall of Fame. I remember working with you and and such and such and such and such, and we went to Florida and Georgia and blah, 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 blah. I remember working for you, and we went to we went to New York and you know hit the, hit the scene and everything. And blah, 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 blah. He went up and down every row of inductees. He had worked with everybody on the panel. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and I mean it's, it's, it was incredible, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was great. But I just I, I just miss those kind of managers. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and he got he got broke up because he he uh I think it was like the year prior that Monsoon had passed away. Mm-hmm. And he got broken up when he was like there's just one person I wish could be here and that's Monsoon, you know. Yeah. And he was like that would really complete the night and everything and you kind of went oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they tried to have Ricky Guerrero have two yeah. different wrestlers and you know, they just don't really sell on the idea. I, they, they instead the of the last having, real one they had who was the guy that was the primetime players manager? Washington. They, well, Abraham, uh, Abraham Washington. Abraham Washington. Yes. One stupid comment. One stupid comment, and it was over. Yep. You know? And, I, you know, I kind of didn't... I didn't like him having a mic live there in, during the show. I, I didn't... I, I thought that took away from the match too much. Right, right. You know? um, um, George in the chat room says, Did you see what New Day did in one of their promos? They did the Dragon Ball Z fusion dance. Oh yeah! Oh my God! That some is, I saw that edited to where they actually put an aura around <laughs> them and everything. <laughs> that was awesome. 
That is one of the greatest wrestling yeah, some, moments. Somebody here edited that in a meme and uh, put that out to where they were actually getting uh, getting a uh, aura around them doing the dance, and it was hilarious. <laughs> They're also saying in the chat room, we've got uh, you can always join our chat room, Mixler, M I X L R dot com slash oversell podcast. Please come in and chat with us. We got Kevin and George in there right now. Um, they're both Bucks fans, so that's they get extra cool points for being Bucks fans. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, George says I'm kind of disappointed when a- Xavier Woods wrestles because he's so entertaining as a manager type. Mm. I-, I love him when he's ringside, just with a trumpet. Yeah. Uh, it it's he's so good with that trumpet and what he does with it when he's like <laughs> when Biggie sneaking on somebody. You hear da da and then when they get him in the corner and they start stepping on him and he's like this is great they did and they did a spot i think in that big um eight man tag or whatever at the end of raw where all of them were just kicking 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 and it was hilarious and that's where we are uh i loved seeing shame i want to see with this league of nations and we're going to talk a little bit more about i want to talk a little bit more about league of nations so we're going to take a break and get everything set up for our guests um i want to see them come out wearing suits when they're not wrestling, of course, yeah. you know. That might be too evolutionist. Well, yeah, but you know, I wouldn't complain about that. Yeah, I want your world champion should own a suit. Yeah, yeah, and I think it would just just imagine those four guys just beating the hell out of people and looking good doing it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know that works. It worked with the Horsemen. It worked with evolution. I mean, it, it, it's just when your bad guy heals, you know, it, it adds to your, um, what's the word? Arrogance? Um, I'd say more like presence, you know? Yep. It adds to the aura, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, and, you know, you, you carry a certain air around you when you're trying to get a character over, you know? George says suits that they bought, not ones provided for them. Yeah. I can agree with that. Nice tailored suit. Like, I don't know. They don't buy suits for them. <laughs> well, I, I can I, vouch for this. The only people that that you know they go out and they buy suits for, like McMahon you know and McMahon and them. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> how much would you hate to be the tailor that has to do Rusev's suit? Um, <laughs> I would quit. Wow. I quit. You and eh, you know what? It's it. too big. <laughs> <laughs> it's too small. I quit. And like one thing I didn't understand with the whole um, Ryback Rusev thing is. Um, Lana got knocked to the ringside thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got knocked to the ground, and Ryback, being the face, didn't check on her or anything. So yeah. Rusev goes and does it, and that makes him look like a baby face, and it makes Ryback look like an asshole. Right. I mean, anyone that beats on a woman is a fucking asshole. Right. So you gotta, you know, you gotta be smart with things like that. Yeah. Getting heat with Lana, <laughs> not cool. <laughs> George in the chat room says Seamus was wearing the exact same suit Laurinaitis wore. <laughs> it didn't fit. Yeah, hey, he maybe his suit was at the tailor getting getting ready, and he'll come out with a better one next week. But right. you know, he came back with the <laughs> he came out with the slicked back hair and everything, and it just made it, he he looked like what you want your world champion heel to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, 
corporate Seamus, if you yeah, will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily want him in the authority. I think the League of Nations should be its own thing from the authority. And you know, actually I think this would be kind of a way to phase out the authority and make the League of Nations your big heel stable. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I mean Seamus is not going to be carrying that title into WrestleMania. He's probably is he going to drop it at TLC or is he drop it at the Rumble? I don't know. If they want to get this faction over, they seriously need to hang on have him hang on to it for a while. You know? I just I I know he's not carrying that title into the Wrestle into WrestleMania. There's no way you're gonna sell a hundred thousand tickets with Sheamus in your world heavyweight title match. Uh, I don't I, think, s- I don't see it getting to WrestleMania. I think it I think he loses it at the Rumble. Yeah, I don't see it getting to WrestleMania. He either loses it at the Rumble or right before WrestleMania. Yeah, or maybe at Fastlane. Mm-hmm. Or maybe. whatever that pay-per-view. Yeah, whatever they call yeah, pay-per-view whatever. this year. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with, hopefully, we're waiting on them to call in. We're going to have a very, very special guest. Stick around. This is the Oversell Podcast. This is professional wrestling legend, downtown Bruno, who is privileged enough to be on the Oversell Podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, joining us live on the Oversell Podcast, a man who has won so many titles that when I looked him up, I said, the hell with trying to mention them. <laughs> uh, Mr. Tracy Smothers, the, wide eye, the wild-eyed southern boy, the original thug. How you doing, sir? Hey, all right. What's up, guys? Oh, we're we're just hanging out watching, here. Watching, I'm turning back on Fox News, uh, watching this guy killed all this. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. His wife. Yeah. That's uh, uh, sad news out of California. That really is. It's it's just Boy, absolutely it nuts, you know, and our prayers, of course, and our uh, yeah. thoughts for San Bernardino, California, oh, and uh, that medical center especially. So, but... Uh, yeah. Well, let's uh, Christmas party for disabled people. Yeah, uh, disabled people, uh, you know, and physically, and it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, and it, I just it, 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 and like we were saying before we started recording, you know, people just do not value life anymore. No, nah, just they they'd, they'd rather point. snuff people out than you know work differences out or you know try to do anything yeah. productive. So, but yeah. we understand that you have a match coming up with uh, Chris Lex here. Uh, in Memphis at MEW, is it uh, this coming Friday? De- December 11th. December 11th, okay. December yeah, a 11th. Week from Friday. A week, week from, from Friday, a week from yeah. tomorrow. And uh, What's the name of the building? What's the name of the building? It's uh, 4050 North Watkins. Oh, let me, let me go to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me go to that thing. Yeah, okay. Watkins. That's, what area of town? What area of town is it? Know, it's a little bit or, north of town out on 51. If you're uh, going, yeah, yeah, going yeah, out the, yeah. the going out I, I, fifty one towards right Millington, there. there. Yeah. Well, what, so, Tracy, what got oh, you into? All, what made you a fan of professional wrestling? Back when you first uh, started. Growing up, I lived outside. I'm from outside of Nashville, and uh, growing up there is you know Nick Gulis. If you guys ever remember that name, yes, sir. Oh yeah. Nick Gulis promoted there, and he runs Springfield, Tennessee, where I'm from a lot. He do it about once a month. Of course, they do Nashville every Wednesday night, and it was only on one hour. You know, back then there wasn't any cable TV. I mean, of course, there wasn't cell phones, there wasn't computers, and iPods, and Twitter, Facebook, and all this other stuff. You know <laughs> that we got now, and it come on an hour a week. 
know, and, and it was the only game in town, no cable, you know, and, and uh, I started in 83, but I grew up watching it from about seventh grade, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I just always liked it. I liked, uh, you know, guys talking trash and, and everything, you know, and, and uh, the good the good guy, bad guy, and uh, good and evil, and, and, uh, and just all the stuff, you know, around it was exciting and uh, crazy and uh and you know, and just it, it was a big deal. And and uh, back then, there wasn't as many near as many things to do as now. Of course, not. there was ABC, NBC, CBS. I mean, that was it. Oh yeah, yes sir. And, uh, uh, you know, so I mean, as as a kid, you know, and and you hear that come out of a lot of people's mouths. The old school, the old uh, the old wrestling, and and but uh, that's you know, that's uh, that's I just always liked us. We we play wrestling. I wrestled in high school and. We do championship wrestling. Me and our heavyweight uh, Jeff Chapman and everybody loved, you know, getting in wrestling meets and all the other teams. And stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> we go all over the building. You know, it's crazy. Well, who are some uh, of your yeah. uh, more favorite wrestlers to watch when you're just just watching on TV? Uh, when I was a kid, big ones around was Lynn Rossi, uh, Bearcat Brown, uh, Tojo Yalamoto, Jerry Jarrett. Uh, Jerry Lawler, of course, uh, Bill Dundee, Dutch Mantel, uh, Tommy Gilbert, Eddie Marlin. Tommy Gilbert just passed away. And yes, I just sir. want to give my condolences to Doug. I, I messaged him a little after that. And, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, a lot of guys like that. There's a lot more. And, uh, I, I, well, I just can't think of bounty hunters. I remember them, you know, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> the Germans. And just, you know, and, uh, uh, Dennis Hall, uh, Bobby Eaton, you know. Uh, a lot of guys like that. Oh yeah, Randy Savage, Randy Poffo, Pest Pez Watley, you know, George Weingroff was another, you know, a lot of guys. You know, uh, the Samoans were called uh, the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Back then, back then they were, uh, you know, and uh, you know things like that. Uh, Haku, you mean you know who he? Who oh, yeah. Uh, oh yes, oh yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> he, he was called uh, Prince. I think he was called like Prince Tonga. Something like that mm-hmm. back then, you know. He, he yeah. went through there. There's a bunch of them. You know. But yeah, but I always liked the athleticism, and always like you knew the guys were tough, and you knew the guys were in shape. You know, and you, you know, you, you knew it was physical. You know, you could see what is, what isn't, but but you knew it was, you know, that you had to be a man. And back then, it was a big deal when ex- athletes uh, went into pro wrestling after their career was over. Oh know? yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're like us then, because you you just named pretty much every Memphis alumni. <laughs> Where did you guys you know? grow up at? Well, we we're we're pretty much been in Memphis all of our lives. Yes, sir. Both of us have, you know, you, and uh, we. Dyersburg or Memphis or uh, Memphis, yeah, Memphis, Memphis specifically. You're, you're in Memphis. Oh yeah, what and part of Memphis you guys grew up in? We're, we're uh, I think uh, Derek grew up in Bartlett, and uh, I grew up just a little bit outside of Bartlett. Uh, kind of okay. more towards uh, my, my sister lives in Germantown. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, cool. She's cool been there a long time. She's in real estate there. Yeah, she and, hates wrestling, <laughs> 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 but she's in, she, she, she's in you know she's in real estate there. And, and my, my my aunt lives in the old part of Fraser. Ah, it's okay. Not bad. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, the yeah. Old part of Fraser. Yeah. Yeah, well, and not and not to show your age or anything, but I I can remember seeing you on Saturday morning wrestling. Back when I was a kid, um, and how old are you? I'm 34. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've been in the ring about as long as you've been alive. Yeah, I started in '83. <laughs> what year were you born? 1981. 
Yeah, yeah, you were about two when I started. <laughs> yes, yeah. sir. Um, yeah. So getting live, to t- uh, that was the first live TV ever, an hour and a half in the Memphis area. Yes. And then all around the other loop, Louisville, Evansville, Nashville area, and all, and all points in between. You know, it was a week delayed, uh, an hour. But it was the first ever live Memphis, you know, Memphis wrestling was the first live ever. You mm-hmm. know, of course, Jerry Lawler show always come on. No, uh, before it. So, uh, yeah, yeah we we definitely miss those days. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it, it, we haven't had a live wrestling show in Memphis in years on Saturday mornings. I know. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, a, it was a given thing, wasn't it? Oh yes, yeah, sir. yes sir. It was such a staple. Yeah, I mean, you know, my, yeah. my my dad at the age of five sat me down and started making me watch uh, Channel Five wrestling mm-hmm. as a kid, and yeah. I'm so thankful. That was the thing that. to do, though, wasn't yes, it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thing. Everybody they watched the Jerry Lawler show and they watched uh, Memphis wrestling. You know, yeah. uh, CWA, USWA, everything. Yes, sir. Know? And then every Monday night, he dragged me to the Mid South. I say he drugged me, but I was going. I was actually more like dragging him to the Mid-South Coliseum yeah. for the Monday night matches. But which that was the place to go, wasn't it? Yes, yes sir. Night, oh, there yes, wasn't sir. no Monday night raw. There wasn't any of that. Nope. You're right. It sure was. Oh, it sure was. Seeing, yep. seeing Jerry Lawler throw fire and fight Bill Dundee. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Those are – Yeah. His, yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> those well, were the days. Bill Dundee, Dutch, you know, all of them. Yes, yeah, sir. You name it. Well, what, what actually – when did you start um, training for wrestling and who trained you? Um – I uh, was in college. We went for football and wrestling at Carson Newman College. Had been there two years, and I used to see Bill. I, I, I knew Bill Dundee when I was about, God, about a freshman in high school. About when I got my license, and I started to drive to the gym, mm-hmm. uh, and I would see him in the gym all the time. And I just talked to him. I didn't bother him. You know what I mean? I just talked to him. And, and uh, I'd see a lot of them in there. And as I got older with, and I went to college, come back, and then I said, "You guys remember the fabulous ones?" Oh, oh yeah. yes, sir. Steve Kern, Stan Lane. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, uh, my dad knew uh, Jerry Jarrett, and my dad was in the car business, and him and Jerry Jarrett were talking, and Jerry Jarrett was going to buy a uh, dealership, and my dad was going to run it for him, and Jerry ended up pulled out, and he, he, you know, he had other things going, and he really didn't want to put, you know, so much time in that. He wasn't doing as much with the rest, but he still, of course, owned it, and while we're on, on part of it too. But him and my dad were good friends, and that's how and he, I'm not Steve and Stan's gym. Uh, so uh, I found out about when they would go to the gym. So I went and made sure, you know, I go and talk to them a few times. And they were so busy, you know, and they were really going strong, man. And uh, back in six, seven nights a week, and, and they were doing big business. They were wore out tired. And Sunday, a lot of times if they had a day off was Sunday, and it's hard to get, you know, uh, where they could start, you know, as far as training me. And uh, they trained uh, about a half dozen times. But I worked out in the ring with them about four or five hours, you know, each time, me and a few other guys. Uh, one guy, he had a match, I can't remember his name. But, uh, and then and then they ended up and went to the AWA, worked for Vern Gagne. Remember that? Yes, sir. AWA? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, during that time, and so I was kind of like, man, screwed for a bit because that was my end to get in. But then I did a few things for them, a few shows, and uh, I got in with uh, I, I went to an outlaw show, and a guy uh, had me come down uh, and beat Tojo Yamamoto and Gypsy Joe, mm-hmm. and I can't remember where it was. And I met them, 
and uh, they they gave me the name Steve Blaine, <laughs> and, and uh, but it was for George Goulas. Nick was kind of behind it, but uh, with and I was Tojo's partner, but I wrestled Gypsy Joe, and uh, um, and they ended up putting me with Gorgeous George. We wrestled Gypsy Joe, Tojo, Tojo turned on me, and then uh, they ended up being Tommy Higgy's partner. If you remember him, worked for them for a while, did, and then Tojo got back in with with Jerry Jarrett. And uh, by then, Nick, you know, Nick had Jerry Jarrett was uh, Nick was kind of out of it. He was behind the scenes, you know, but uh, he didn't have a lot going. They didn't. But Jerry Jarrett was a big thing then already. And uh, Tojo got me in with them some, and I uh, had my job loading trucks that I had when I was in college on the summers, and I kept it. Uh, and I, you know, anywhere a show a week or two shows a week, sometimes three. And I'd kind of be on call. Uh, Eddie Marlin would, would uh, you know, and I, my boss would give me, my boss would give me an hour notice. Mm-hmm. He, 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 you know, he knew that that's what I wanted to do. I didn't go back to college after my sophomore year. I wasn't real happy with school, and, and, and I was going to be a teacher and coach. But I mean, you know, I just I wasn't happy that I wanted to wrestle, and uh, you know, and I, I, I loaded trucks, worked, wrestled part time for the Jarrett's for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whenever I'll be booked some and, you know, just whatever, you know, and uh, whatever they needed. And then in 86, Bill Dundee had come back and he had booked Mid-South down there for Bill Watson in Mid-South. Uh, and he came back and took the book. And Terry Taylor in Tennessee, Terry Taylor was booking in, uh, uh, in Mid-South with Dick Slater. You guys mm-hmm. remember him? Oh, yeah. And, but mainly it was Terry. And they were swapping talents on, and myself and Coco Blair went down there in '86. Because I remember Bill coming in, he goes, "I talked to Bill once today, and he wants you, you, and you." And he pointed to Coco, Billy Travis, and me. And I said, "I'm ready." Because they really wasn't wrecking local guys as hard to get a full-time work. Cause they knew you were there and everything. Do you had to leave, and then maybe when you come back from there, you could, you know, get a full-time job in there. So I said, "I'll go. I'm ready to go now." Mm-hmm. Now, I said I don't want to load trucks for the rest of my life. I didn't, I'm out of. I'm not. I didn't finish school. My family was mad at me. <laughs> and, uh, I went about a month later, and I was down there about a year with Bill Watts. And uh, if you guys remember uh, Ted DiBiase, oh yeah, he was way for his, his forty million dollar man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buzz Sawyer, Doctor Steve Williams, Eddie Gilbert was there. Wow. And uh, Terry Taylor, of course. Jake, Jake was getting ready to uh, was finishing up. And getting ready to go uh, to work for Vince in mm-hmm. WWF, it was then, and uh, you know and he was he was finishing up then, and boy, he was he just turned baby face, placed champ DDT, it's an hour full bell time, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, you know Jim Duggan, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Tommy Gilbert was referee, and uh, Carl Fergie, and I knew them, you know, and they helped me a lot in the ring too, and uh, and I got to work every night, and uh, learned a lot. I was there a year. Travel with Tommy, travel with Terry Taylor, and DCA Peterson, God rest his soul. Uh, Terry Taylor, I said him some, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, I was there about a year, and then I went back to Tennessee uh, for about a year there in 86. And, uh, you know, and they didn't really have a lot of any plans for me. You guys remember Roger Smith, the Assassins? They were interns, fire and plane. Oh, yeah. Uh, Don Bass. Don Bass, Roger, yeah, Roger. Yeah, Don Bass, yeah. They, they like me. They like me. And uh, remember Buddy Landale? God bless him. Uh, oh, Buddy yes, Landale sir. had got fired uh, from uh, NWA. He was getting ready to take the uh, 
the belt off Flair for a while. They were going to do the Nature Boy, Nature Boy thing. And Buddy partying, you know, drugs, and uh, he got let go. And I got to work with him a lot, not necessarily program a lot, but Roger liked it, like like me. And, uh, you know, and because and, they are still kind of used to me like a local boy, but I was wrestling. I was working all the time. And Roger's the one, Roger Smith's the one gave me a break, you know, push him and Don Bass. Mm-hmm. They were kind of helping lower with the book, you know, with the towns and everything. And uh, I think Bill was Bill. Yeah, Bill was still there, but Bill, Bill kind of run the dress through, but he wasn't really helping with the book much, you know. Mm-hmm. Some, but uh, usually Dutch and, and Bill run the dress room or had ideas with Lawler, you know what I mean? And Roger would be coming in and out. But uh, uh, I was there about a year, and then I went uh, in '87, and uh, Kevin Sullivan was booking Florida. The old uh, Florida Championship Wrestling, Mike Graham, Hero Matsuda owned it. Uh, uh, Eddie Graham had committed suicide a couple years before that, and Mike, you know, had it and uh, and everything. And I worked for them for about a year. Kevin put me with Steve Armstrong and put the, that uh, Southern Wild Eyed Southern Boy gimmick on me, Steve and I. And remember the new breed? Uh, you guys yeah. remember them? Chris Champion, Sean Royal. Yes, 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 sir. Okay, yeah, we worked with them, and then they went on up and worked for Crockett because Dusty and then Crockett come in. They bought out Florida, and uh, and they kept us there, and they brought in the Mod Squad, if you remember them. And we worked, with, we wrestled them for a while, and uh, and then we ended up in, in the Florida office. wasn't doing real good. I mean, it was big shows they would. We ended up in, uh, we left there, and I went to Continental. I come back work Tennessee a couple months, and I went to the Continental. It was based out of Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Fuller, Rod Fuller owned it, Bob Armstrong. Yeah. Worked for them for about a year. And I yeah, worked for them about a year. And then Steve and I went to Japan like four times from 88 to 90 for New Japan. And I'd wrestle Tennessee, uh, you know, uh, you know, for, for uh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Lawler mm-hmm. between those and some, and some in, and for Continental, too. But then I went back to uh, Continental in 89 and uh, for about a year there. And then we got in WCW in 2000. And, uh, uh, yeah, and we go into Japan, too. That's right. Yeah, and, and went to uh, winter, uh, 2000, 1990, went to uh, WCW, and we were there two and a half years. And then from there, um, went, uh, let's see, yeah, Smoky Mountain. Went to Smoky Mountain from '92 to '95, mm-hmm. and then uh, back to, in some with USWA. We were doing the USWA Smoky Mountain feud, and then '95 uh, to '90, let's see, '96 to '97. I was with WWF as the Freddie Joe Floyd uh, with that, mm-hmm. and then '90, uh, I guess '97 to '99. Uh, I was two and a half years in ECW, and they put me with Guido and Tommy Rich with the FBI thing. I, I gotta then, ask, um, I gotta ask. Go ahead. The, how how did they? Who came up with the idea of having you um, in fully blooded Italian? Because that angle was great. Um, well, uh, I was working for for WWF, and Chris Candido, you know, his then you know, God bless him. Uh, and Shane were always talking to him about coming in and work there. And Chris had already left WWF and went to the ECW, and he was kind of helping Paul and Dreamer with the book. And uh, and Shane, of course, was in and was their champion and everything, you know. 
and uh, and everything. But uh, or I don't think he was. I don't remember. Maybe Taz was. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I was working for Vince, and 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 uh, but they let me work uh, WWF uh, ECW too, mm-hmm. and I worked uh, New Haven, Connecticut, a house show that day. I rode up with Tammy, uh, Sonny. Uh, and I, so I remember how it worked out, and I was flying out of some about working the arena that night. Uh, they wanted, uh, uh, they told I was going to work with Taz, and they were getting ready to do their first pay per view, and uh, uh, and and they were going to take uh, was yeah how did it work? Taz was going to work with uh, wrestle uh, uh, Sabu, uh, Terry Funk was wrestling uh, Raven, and uh, and they needed somebody for Taz to work with you know, a week or two weeks or three weeks, what it was for the pay-per-view. Yeah. And they want to bring in somebody from the outside and they were bringing in guys, you know, named guys and Mark Taz. So, so, you know, that's what I, you know, not Taz. I honestly, no, I, I'm not my bad. I ended up working Taz. This, this one. I thought I was going to work with Terry Funk, which I had a bunch of times. I was excited, you know, about that. Well, is you see in business, it changes. Here's what happened. Yeah, Lance Storm couldn't come in. Something, I can't remember. I want to say something with the weather mm-hmm. out of Canada. Couldn't make his flight coming in. Because uh, Lance, I think, was going to do something with Van Damme. So then they told me I was going to work with Van Damme. And I was like, okay, because I'd worked, wrestled him when he was 92. He was like 18 or 19 or something. I was like, okay, you know, whatever you guys need. And, uh, and then they said I was going to work with Taz because Taz was getting ready to do the thing with Sabu. So that's what I'm going to do. I wrestled Taz. And uh, they liked it, and Paul said that he would book me. And uh, and I said, well, I'm still working for them. He said, well, they would kind of have a working relationship with them then. And so I was doing a little bit of both there for a few months. And then uh, I want to say maybe somewhere in there, uh, they had already put Tommy Rich with Guido mm-hmm. and the, whole, the Italian thing. It's the night I worked Taz. Yeah, they had. They did that that night. And then the next time at the arena, uh, they put uh, – was how it go? Chris Chetty and I against uh, Tommy and Guido, and they had me turn on Chris Chetty and put me with Tommy and Guido. And Tommy Dreamer is really the one that that kind of did that because Paul wasn't sure what he wanted to do with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and and it was like ten minutes before the bell. I mean, before the before the show started, I didn't even know who I was working with. <laughs> and I Sabu, yeah, I Sabu. I says Sabu. I says I said I says. I said, who, who are you working with? He goes, uh, I'm Spike Dudley. And it was because just Taz trained Spike, you know what I mean? You know, yeah, and yeah. doing things with him and uh, and all that. And I'm like, oh, and uh, I said, oh, okay. And he said, who are you working with? I said, I don't know. He goes, yeah. he goes, he goes Paul, Paul Spur of the moment, you know, like that. So he buzzed Dreamer, and Dreamer says, do you have your uh, rebel flag? He said, yeah. He said, look, just right there, right? I mean, it wasn't even long. We were first match. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about five to eight. And uh, he says, uh, uh, he says, uh, do a chetty and a tag, y'all's baby faces, work with Tommy and Guido. He said, turn on, uh, work out something where you turn on, uh, uh, turn on Chetty and then put you with Tommy and uh, put you with Guido and Tommy manage y'all's FBI. I said, okay. So I went. So, Jack, what happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. We went to the ring. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah. thought it. I thought it was great. Where at some point they would um, bill you as being from Southern Italy. <laughs> so, Italy Southern Southern Bird. Italy. You're coming yeah. from Atlanta, Italy. And, yeah, it was fun. But back then, you know, there's a lot of Italians up there, and they didn't like that. Yeah. And we played as heels, boy, and and the uh, the the 
guys that are so t- tough guys is that uh, Atlas Security, and they are a lot of them are Italians. Mm-hmm. They loved it. They loved it. <laughs> they used to always tell us, "Go get them riled up, man, so we can kick some ass." And they would too. Nah. Made a move on you. There's nothing to worry about with them guys. Yeah, make them have a riot. After party, something. <laughs> yeah, those guys were tough, man. When when we do like after parties, do they punk out the bouncers on everybody? Wow. I don't know who they were on their other jobs, but they were somebody. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was uh, just a lot of mystery. I knew most of the guys in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, eventually, you won the uh, ECW tag team titles with Little Guido. Yeah, and uh, I mean that just—that's one. I've got I've got a whole list of championships here that you've won. It's just uh, I I'd start naming them off, but it'd it'd take me thirty minutes to do that. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, because I mean, it's just championship after championship i mean it's it's insane uh, a lot of nwa stuff nwa mid-south heavyweight championship uh nwa mid-south tag team championship um jersey all pro wrestling tag team championship uh let's see nwa mid-south heavyweight championship two times um i mean this is and this is just highlights this isn't even i'm, this, yeah, this I'm, is just I'm just skimming through i'm I mean, barely scraping the surface here um, just well, decorated champion, like you wouldn't believe, <laughs> you know. Well, tell us a little bit about um, when you were the wild-eyed Southern boy in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, yeah, I, I, just real, real quick, I'll say, uh, but after I was done at ECW, I was a, a trainer for a, a WWF. It was in you know out of Memphis in developmental. I was there for about a year. And then after that, I was at Mid-South, uh, or Mid-South. It's called Main Event out of the uh, Evansville, Indiana area uh, with John Collins. And uh, I was at about a year. And then after that, I, I got out for a while. I repo cars and I bounty hunted a little bit. And then I got back full-time about 2005 to about 2008. And then now I just do it around my job. You know, I do, went to overseas a lot and did a lot of independence. You know, did the hardcore homecoming, did the ECW one-night stand, did that hardcore justice for TNA, you know, so, you know, I'm not a lot of fun, but, uh, but, but at, in Smoky Mountain, uh, Jimmy Cornette, uh, is, you know, of course, ran it, owned it, everything, uh, Rick Rubin, I think it's his team, Black Crows was really the back of the owner, but, uh, uh, Jimmy stayed in touch with me after he left at, uh, WCW for about a year, every now about once a month, he called me. And uh, and so he's working on something, and then, and then of course Smoky Mountain opened up, and then when I was done in uh, WCW, uh, I started there in '92 and was there three and a half years till it shut down in '95, and uh, and Steve was going to be partners with me there, but Steve ended up and went to WWF and ended up he left, and uh, uh, then Ricky Morton came open and they put him, you know, who was Robert the Rock and Roll Express. So they had their baby-faced team going to wrestle the uh, Heavenly Bodies, Jimmy's team. <laughs> and they needed a single babyface, uh, you know, for Dirty White Boy to wrestle, to work with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, so Jimmy put me in that spot. And, um, you know, my first uh, program was with White Boy. Uh, and then my next one was with Brian Lee. You guys remember him, Brian Lee? Oh, yeah. Primetime Brian and, Lee. And they put, uh, that was uh, Sonny, she wasn't Sonny, uh, Tamara, Tammy Sitch. Mm-hmm. Tammy, 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, she was the Hillary Clinton thing back then and put her with Brian. <laughs> and then after that, I think I wrestled uh, Candido, Candido, Candido for a while. And uh, um, and then Brian Anderson, you guys remember him? Lowell Anderson's son. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. him a while. And then, uh, um, and then uh, Boozer Bedlam, he's in prison now. Oh. But, uh, yeah, but uh, I worked with him a while, and then they put me at tag with White Boy, Babyface Team. Uh, we worked with Unibomb, which was Kane, mm-hmm. uh, and Al Snow for a while, and then we worked with uh, uh, the uh, Gangsters. Worked with the Gangsters for a while after Rock and Roll were uh, finished up. They worked Rock and Roll, worked with them a while. Then Tony and I, White Boy and I, wrestled with them for a while, and uh, then we... Uh, we worked with the Heavenly Bodies uh, for a while, um, and then we were going to do something with Rock and Roll Express, Tony and I, and then it shut down. Mm-hmm. But, but it's Smoky Mountain, and the three and a half years, I'd go to Japan like four or five times a year, so I'd be out of there, you know, a little while, plus, you know, just, you know, and, and be a little pressure, mm-hmm. And uh, but you could do that a lot back then, uh, but, and I, I do independence around it, but... Uh, Jimmy would Cornette would have about twelve, fifteen shows a month. Uh like Paul did Paul have about about eight to ten, eight to twelve, something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh usually at least eight he did. He'd usually do at least two days, you know, Friday, Saturday night, sometimes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes uh Saturday, Sunday, you know. Uh then I do independence around those and I did independence around whatever WWF shows too. And uh, there was a lot, a lot going on back then, a lot more than now. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you were different also, era, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. In the nineties. And you, when you were also part of the Nation of Domination for a little bit, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, uh, I was working uh, for WWF as Brady Joe Floyd, and I was, and when I wasn't booked with them, I'd be for uh, for Waller, uh, you know, in the USWA or Power Pro or whatever it's called in. Uh, um, it, with, with Jamie and Wolfie when they did that Nation of Domination. And, uh, I mean, the way the business is, I mean, you know, and, and Jerry Lawler was another. He's just such a smart guy. Uh, and they, they put me with them. And uh, Brian Christopher, I remember, had a, a, a he had one in black jackets. Mm-hmm. And and I'm a little taller than Brian and got a little longer arms. And it's kind of, it wasn't too small, for, but it wasn't as the length of my arm. It's funny because he had a gold chain and a hat and gave that to me, right? And, and so they, and, and we're going to the ring and uh, music's playing and everything. And I'm getting ready to go out with Jamie and Wolfie and they light the curtain. And Laura goes, hey, hey, hold on. What are we going to call this? I don't know what you think's good. Because they had different names for people, funny names and stuff to do. And Lawler just off the top of it started throwing out names and then he goes, she killed all eight. Okay, I went, okay. So that's when I went to the ring and did an interview. She killed she kill all eight. Yeah, she killed Neil Muhammad Ali. That's exactly how he is. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's a true story. Nice. So I guess that was 97, first of 97, something like that. Yeah. And I worked with uh, uh, Brian for about a month there, Brian Christopher, you know, and uh, which was great, you know, and uh, – Wow. Before that, we had done the thing, the Smoky Mountain uh, against USWA. Uh, you know, PG, Brian got hurt. He hurt his chest. He hurt both his sternum or something. Wow. Uh, but uh, it was uh, uh, PG-13. They turned Tommy Rich, Doug Gilbert. 
babyface and work with all those guys, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for a while there. Lawler, some, and uh, Bill, of course, you know, and uh, you know, we went on all of that. That was that was before that '95. And I think we actually, I have a, a friend that I think managed for you at some point. Do you happen to remember Brandon Baxter? Oh, yeah. 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 He works. <laughs> How's he doing? Tell him I said hello. I sure will. Uh, he works at a radio station up in Jonesboro, Arkansas with uh, my dad. He's been around a while, hasn't he? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think well, he, cool. and he, he, uh, he actually is like the vice president of something of events or something like that with gl- that new global force wrestling right now. So I think he's he yeah, have a lot in of the area right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. You talking about the global force, the one Jeff's doing? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. Tell him I sure will. Um, can, Your dad yeah. a DJ? Uh, he, he does a sports uh, talk show up in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Jonesboro used to be once a month. I can't remember that building. The, was it the was it, was there an armory up in Jonesboro? I think there is an armory. Well, there is, but I mean, there's another building. The, the Jarrett's used to run once a month. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Well, any funny Brandon Baxter stories that you can remember? Because I love to <laughs> harass him. <laughs> Brandon doesn't got any hair anymore, does he? No, he is. He is. He's gone completely bald. He doesn't have that. Yeah, you, ratty mullet that he used to have. You can't look directly yeah. at him. <laughs> I saw a picture of him. I saw her. Yeah. <laughs> Um, man. He was a good manager. He was great around the ring, and he had he had he, he was a natural, you know, and, and and followed knew the business and had a good mind for the business back then. He was great, uh, great talker, everything. Uh, him, he, and Derek King, he does, he'll be there, right? Derek will be there. I believe Derek uh, will Randy, be there. Randy I... always used those guys good, and and mm-hmm. uh, they helped Randy with ideas and stuff too. Whoopi D, of course, Jamie, Doug, Tommy, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah. What was it like? I guess him, Randy. Randy's from uh, uh, Jonesboro too, right? Randy Hales. Uh, he's a, yeah. He may. I think he's originally from Jonesboro. I don't know if he's uh, still there or not. I think last time I talked to Randy, he had he had moved because uh, he travels he's with the circus. with the carnival or the fair or circus. He, yes, he does circus. that, but he also I think he owns a Sonic maybe or, or yeah. Two. I think he got out of that and he got in with the with the carnival. Oh, okay, uh, okay. The circus. He he did. He, he was uh, yeah. Owned a Sonic or part of two or three of them. Yeah, or yeah. Like that. I think he. Yeah. I think he was like in the process of owning two or three. He of them. was always good to me, Randy, as a book as a booker, and he always had good ideas and knew how to draw money and knew how to listen to the guys and then you know, how it, you know kind of you know dot the t's and i's. You know oh I mean? yeah. You know, and, and, uh, I got to work you know, for. Uh, I got to work for Randy in uh, Ripley, Tennessee, one night. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. It was I was opening match and everything, and I come out there, and you know, we do the deal, big opening match, get the crowd jazzed up and everything, and I I win the match. I'm over as a face and everything. Get up and get the crowd hot and everything, and I come back through the curtain, and Randy looks right at me and he goes, "Okay, now we're gonna turn you heel." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at some point, yeah, you had Sherry Martell as a manager, correct? Uh, yeah, in Smoky Mountain. Uh, and uh, true story, uh, Sherry, uh, I had uh, there a few weeks with uh, Brian Lee, and but uh, I was before Sherry come in. I was in Welch, West Virginia, way in the sticks. 
and was doing the 10 punches on the ropes, come down off the bat, and somewhere I come down on Brian's foot and turned my ankle, broke my ankle right oh, there. Ooh. And I knew it was, I just snapped. I didn't feel, no, I mean, oh, my God. And it was swelling coming up before I could get back to the dressing room. But I, I, I knew that we were had a busy run there with that. I knew Sherry was coming in. I had a three-week tour to Japan, uh, you know, for Baba, for All Japan Pro Wrestling. I had two there within those few months mm-hmm. for them. And I, I did not symmetrics to got rehab on my own, cap rate, whatever I could do, 20 minutes on, an hour off with uh the ice and uh, I worked three months with a broken ankle and, and uh, about two weeks a month of it was with Sherry out there. And she had so much. She was so good at getting the people and, and feeding off of you. You know what I mean? You know, and, and everything. And, uh, and I got through it, you know, but, uh, but broke ankles really, it's not as bad a uh, hard work as a sprained ankle would be. It's more nagging. Mm-hmm. But I had two braces on it. I was like, I had elephantitis or something, but yeah, Sherry was great. Best ballet of all time. Yes. That, Best I, ballet of all time. There will never be one. Any girl out there as a ballet or a wrestler, or especially as a ballet, she was, she was, I mean, she was just, I mean, you know, she what, didn't make them, she, she didn't take away from nothing you do, she added to it. Right, she right. She had so much emotion and, and, and so just knew, had such good, great psychology and uh, just knew the business so good. And uh, there would never be another one like her. No, never will. Any girl out there as valet needs to watch her. Yes. Her, her that, interviews, her, everything she does. That's right. expressions, everything. Well, tell us a little bit about um, some of the shows you'd run over in Japan. Who would you wrestle over there? Um, I, I worked uh, four tours for New Japan Pro Wrestling and was in there a lot with uh, Antonio Noki. You know who that is? Yes, oh, sir. yeah. Oh, yeah. Antonio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and uh, uh, Hiro Hase, he was a big deal back in. Uh, I never got to work with Muda. I was on some tours with him. And I was actually there when Brody got killed and Muda come back from, uh, uh, that was my first tour, Muda come back from, uh, uh, you know, from Puerto Rico. They got him back quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hashimoto, and uh, I worked with him a lot. Do you remember him when they did the Three Musketeers thing? But I never got to work with Muda. And uh, uh, I was Chono. Masahiro Masahiro Chono. Chono. Mm-hmm. and then uh, um, another one back then. Uh, um, oh God, he's retired. I can't think his name. Oh God, we told him about it. Uh, Ricky Choshu, and the one that he was his, his his main guy. Man, I can't. The young kid he was in, mm-hmm. and uh, he. I mean, he's he's retired now. Uh, God, you guys, if you name some names, I can tell you. But there's several others of those guys. And uh, on tours with Americans, so it was Scott Hall, uh, Buzz Sawyer, Manny Fernandez, Vader. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, time to think some more guys. Uh, Mark Rocco, he was the Black Tiger. He worked Dynamite or Dynamite Kid when, mm-hmm. uh, a lot. And uh, he worked Tiger Mask a lot. And, and uh, you know, uh, back then, well, he. he French Dynamite was was with uh, all Japan then, uh, but uh, um, you know worked four tours for them. Uh, then I was in Atlanta two and a half years, and then I worked for Wings, uh, mm-hmm. all Japan a couple tours. Uh, oh gosh, uh, then it was IWA Japan, 
several tours and I worked with uh, FMW a few times and uh, I did 21 tours in Japan and uh, did Kenny Murrow's group with Kenny the name of it. You know, mm-hmm. I look like six, seven different companies, something like that. Uh, you know, but um, I haven't been to Japan since 2008. Um, fall of 2000. And for our listeners that may not know, can you tell them um, the difference between maybe working a crowd in the United States and working a crowd over in Japan? Um, Japanese people applaud and they pop on things, and and but you wouldn't as a heel, you wouldn't so much. But as a baby face, if you showed a lot of fire, they would get with that. But they would be they they they, they like wrestling. Mm-hmm. And they're silent, but that doesn't mean they're not watching, and that's not a bad thing, you know. But you know, the pop on false finishes big, and like all Japan, a lot of false finishes, you know, you do, and uh, you know, you, you would. But uh, and the, of course, the, the FMW, uh, they do the death matches, and Pogo, remember him? Oh, he was crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, him a lot. <laughs> Some of those. Oh God. But. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, it's different. It's more, I guess they take it more as a contest. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and a lot of uh, uh, Japanese uh, athletes become pro wrestlers. I mean, prominent Japanese athletes, like Baba. Uh, I worked with Baba some in all Japan. I worked with uh, Kobashi a lot uh, in tag, single, and uh, Kawada. Remember him? Mizawa, mm-hmm. uh, the late Mizawa. I got to work with him a lot. Um, for all the pan, uh, God, so similar. Of course, the the American crew back then w- was some of the best. I mean, they had uh, uh, the first time for Baba uh, with uh, with Joe Deaton's partner a lot, and uh, Terry Gordy had uh, had health pro- you know, OD'd, and uh, uh, so I was partners with Dr. Death Steve Williams a lot in Six Man's, and uh, did partners and uh, a lot with with Dr. Death and a uh, boss man, big boss man. Yeah, yeah. Remember him? He, oh, yeah. His first run in New York, he was done then in 93. That was in 93, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was partners with those guys a lot. And, uh, of course, I wrestled a lot with, uh, I guess, uh, uh, Phil Lathon, uh Doug Furness, uh, Danny Crawford, Doug Furness. They were called Can-Am, something Express, something like that. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the Patriot and uh, um, I can't remember what called. Uh, Jackie Fulton. Bob Fulton's little brother his younger brother, them as a team a lot, uh, you know, and, uh, gosh, there's there several others, I can't remember, you know, uh, Kenny Mura in Japan, worked with him a lot, uh, mm-hmm. there's just, there's so many more, it's just, it's just been a while. Yeah. Well, no, I did 21 uh... tours total over there. Wow. That's that's yeah. incredible. That's got to be a record of some kind. <laughs> I, I did that many. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I did two tours in Mexico, 21 tours there. Wow. Uh, did an overseas tour with Guam, Diego Garcia, down parallel with India and the world. Uh, Hawaii, worked a lot in Canada, worked most of the United States. Uh, um, I said Mexico, Bahamas a few times, so I got to travel a lot. Back then it was like that, not so much now. You know, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know. Yeah, now you gotta you gotta really work hard to get booked anywhere overseas or anything like that and get noticed and you know for them it's to different. Yeah, yeah it's totally different. different. Yeah, it was used to take a lot more uh, Americans than they do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to. Yeah, yeah, a lot more. 
Well, well Tracy, we want to we want to just kind of uh, wrap it up here a little bit, but uh, we we want to save you for another interview because you're uh, we've had a hell of a time I'm talking to you, brother. You're a hell of an interview. I mean, I, I started in '83 and I did it part time '83 to '86, and in '86 to 2002, I did 250 to 300 days a year. Wow! Uh, and then. I didn't do much 2002 or three, some 2004, I did a lot summer pretty good. And then 2005, 2008, I'd average about 15, 20 shows a month. And then now about four a month, Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. which is fine with me. Well, where, uh, I'll do it around my job. Yeah. Know, yeah. So well, where can folks find work in the morning? Uh, where can folks <laughs> find you on social media? Hey, can I, can I uh, plug, Plug some shows I got coming up. Absolutely, Please. that's absolutely. That's why we like yeah. to have these guys uh, on. Plug the, away. The, yeah, the the fifth. I am in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, Brooklyn, Ohio, for AIW. I'm wrestling Grado uh, from Scotland. Oh, that's oh nice. One of the <laughs> nice deals in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, Colt Cabana's there. Uh, 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 Cliff Compton is there. And uh, the AIW guys are putting that on in Brooklyn, Ohio. It's a, it's a documentary or something, mm-hmm. but it's just a show. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah. A few, I don't know how many. There's not a lot of matches. And then the 11th uh, for y'all, uh, MEW, uh, what's the address? 4050 Watkins. North Watkins. What's the name of the building? It's a youth center. Yeah. I call it the oh, okay. ME, I call the it the MEW the Arena. Center on Walking Street. Yes, yeah. in, 40, in, in Memphis, South Highway 51, Watkins. 4050 right? North Watkins. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, what time does it start? Doors open at 7. The show will kick off around 8. Okay. We always want to know people to know that, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. And where can they go to get any information and tickets? That's right. <laughs> I go to MEW right, M- on the right? Facebook and everything else. So. <laughs> well, what other? Sh- do you have any other shows coming up? Uh, yeah, the twelfth I'm for. Uh, um, gosh, it's that. What's that casino? It's past Tunica. Uh, Is it resort? Jimmy Blaylock's. Gosh, oh wow! Is it resorts the casino. Zone. Yeah, the Hollywood uh, Jimmy. Is it resorts casino? Yeah, I'm looking for. Hold on, I'm pulling it up right here. I'll get. Give me a second. Um, they had me dressed as a woman last time. I remember that, and 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 Bill Dundee, and Jimmy Valiant was there. But it's uh, uh, Doug Gilbert, myself, um, Lance Russell's there. Doug Gilbert, myself, against Jerry Lawler, uh, Bill Dundee, uh, on the twelfth. Oh God, let me go back. Darn it. Bear with me. I think it's Resorts Bear Casino, if if I'm correct. Darius in the chat yeah. room. We got Tattoo in the chat room. Oh, we there. got Tattoo in the chat room. The show huh? is on the 12th yeah. is Championship Wrestling. So the show on the 12th is Championship Wrestling. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 18th, I'm uh, for 2CW up around Albany, New York. I'm being from New York something. The 13th, I'm in uh, around Peoria, Illinois. I can't do something like that. Uh, God, the 19th, uh, you know, I can't. Uh, <laughs> you know, I try, I try, but uh, oh, you're good. Anyway, <laughs> that's pretty much it. You're doing better than I am. Hey, and <laughs> so the folks listening know they just added Smoky Mountain Wrestling to the WWE Network. They did. And yes, they did. Yeah, boy, my Facebook has blew up about that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And where can folks find yeah. you on Facebook? 
it's it's under my name. Uh, it's the one the one that's me is the picture uh, my profile picture with Brett uh, Brett Hart. Uh, you know, so that that's where they can find that. Is Jimmy going to be? No, I guess he's not. But uh, yeah, that's where they can find that. And there's a couple of uh, the advertisement that uh, uh, you know tattoo put on there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for the MEW show on the 11th. Mm-hmm. And as you said, uh, can you call that address again? Youth Center, Watkins, uh, 4050 North, North Watkins. Watkins. <laughs> yeah. In stereo. <laughs> Doors open seven o'clock, eight o'clock bell time. Tattoos there. Uh, uh, Derek King, of course, Chris Lex is uh, me against him for the belt, right? That's, that's the, it. Yes. Uh, that's uh, you versus Marvel Elite. Is that what it's called? Marvel Elite Wrestling. Yes, sir. Marvel Elite Wrestling. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's always good to know. Oh yeah. I, mean, I just saw <laughs> MEW. I didn't know. You know. I, I thought that's what it was. Yeah. If you're not okay. careful, you'll walk into the wrong Memphis show. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's like two, two or three other ones in town. <laughs> Right. So, right. But yeah, yeah, it's Marvel cool. Elite, and it's forty fifty North Watkins. So yeah, you're you go to that yeah. address. So you're going into the week, right I'm show. Doing another interview with you guys at the same time, same place, right? Uh, well, are we, uh, is that right? Well, I think that's what he. Tattoo well, I think you you're gonna. That. I think you're also gonna appear on a, where you have a friend, um, friends of the show that do mm-hmm. another wrestling show called KO Radio with Eric Wayne and Josh McClain. So yeah, you're gonna be on KO Radio with them probably. So, but, oh, yeah. all, right, all right, so that's next week. That's next okay. week, yeah. All right. Gotcha. Okay. All right, all right. well, we are going to take a quick break. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on this show. This has been – it's hard it's, – okay. it's very rare to t- get to talk to a legend. Yes, and a legend you definitely are. <laughs> I mean, okay. it's just you've done it and said it all, and, I mean, it's it's you've got an incredible wrestling well, career. I've been in Memphis. I've you know, been in and out of there since 1983, so that's going to be fun. And I'm uh, looking forward to everybody. Be sure to come down 4050 Walking Street Youth Center, 7 o'clock. Uh, doors open, bell time, 8 o'clock. There right? you go. Yep, doors Tattooed, open. Uh, Derek King, Chris Wax, myself. Uh, Alan Steele, is he there? Yes. I, I don't know if he'll uh, he, be wrestling there yeah. that night. I don't know if he'll be, yeah. He may or may not be wrestling that night. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I think okay. he he's in and out with another company in town here, too. So he may or may not okay. be there that night. But if he if he gets a chance to, I'm sure he will be. <laughs> gotcha. So, all right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, this is the Oversell Podcast. <laughs> All right, we're back, and we got another special guest who's called into the show, the MEW Supreme Heavyweight Champion, Pow. Pow! <laughs> pow! 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 It's Mr. Chris Lex. How you doing, sir? I'm alive, and I'm well, and anytime I wake up and can see myself in the mirror, I'm doing good. How about yourself, Dan? Uh, I'm doing just real good. Uh, we were talking... We're talking with your opponent for uh, for uh, December 11th, uh, Mr. Tracy Smothers. We got him on the line as well, Tracy. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that's right here. Hey, go ahead, go ahead. That's good news. That's good news. I, I, I've been looking forward to hear from you. Grew up watching you. I, I think you're an excellent guy, and I'm really looking forward to December 11th to step across the ring from someone that I grew up watching and imitating as a child. Well, here's what you need to do, Chris. I'll send my address, okay? And just go on and just send me the belt, and we ain't got to worry about it because I don't like I don't like Memphis. 
I don't like Tennessee. I don't live in Tennessee no more. I live above Evansville, Indiana. All right, and just go on send me the belt because I don't feel like covering a bunch of Tennessee trash. I hate Memphis. Memphis morons. All right, I own Memphis, but I, I let it go because I don't want nothing to do with Memphis no more. So just send me the belt. All right, ain't no need because if I come down there, somebody gonna get hurt and I ain't playing. I'm crazy. You gotta understand. I, I, I'm from Memphis. I'm, I'm I'm from Tennessee to be exact. And and you know, you from what, what what part of Memphis are you from? I'm from the north of side of Memphis. I'm from North Memphis, okay. Tennessee. So that means you know I, I, I do a few things. You 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 know you used to say you were the thug and you know That's it. I ain't, I'm not gonna toot my own horn and say I'm a thug no because I'm coming along life, but now I, I am a champion. And I've worked very hard to become that champion. Now, you got to understand, I respect you very highly. But when you step in the ring December 11th, Tracy, it's not just going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be you dealing with a child. It's not going to be you dealing with a fan of yours. It's going to be you dealing with a man face-to-face. And you're going to have to bring everything you've got. And I'm pretty sure I pretty much know what you've got. As I've said, I grew up watching you. So I know what you do. I know what you can bring. So I can only prepare myself for what I can be looking forward toward. So December 11, 4050 North Watkins, Chris Lex is only going to do one thing, and that's step in the ring and does do what he do best, and that's entertain them fans that sit around that ring and make sure that I leave with my hand raised high. Well, that all sounds good, Chris. That all the masses and all the people out there, all the Memphis morons that love you and everything. I know a little bit about you because I know Derek King and I know Alan Steele and they're my boys. I know them a long time. So why don't you just do this? Why don't you send that send the belt to one of them? I haven't sent it to me. Just go and do it. If I come down there, somebody's going to get hurt. I ain't playing. I ain't in the mood and I, I'm not playing. And if I come down there, it's a long drive and somebody's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get hurt bad. I'm telling you. You need to have about 14 ambulances there. I'm just telling you now, okay? Right. I, know you, I know you're good. I know you're good wrestler and everything, but here's the difference is you care about what all them goofy marks, all them goofy people around there and fans that yell, go, Chris, go, and all this other stuff. And I don't care to yell, Tracy sucks, Tracy this, Tracy that. It don't matter to me. All that matters to me is W's. All that matters to me is the ducklings, it's ducks, it's cheese, it's green, is money. You understand me? I don't care two cents about any of them not no punk kids or girl or girls that support you and everything, okay? It's all about titles. It's all about making money to me. So just go on and forfeit the match. And we can do it right here, right now on this podcast. Because if I come to 4050 Watkins Street on uh, the 11th of December, 7 o'clock, uh, doors open, 8 o'clock bell time, main event gets the MEW champion, Marvel Elite Wrestling, Chris Lex. Chris, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt bad, Okay. You're going to get hurt bad. Because the difference between you and I is you care about all them snot-nosed punks that's going to be hanging out that ring and all them old ugly Tennessee trash women there that I could knock my grandmama out to win a match, okay, to win a belt. You understand me? As those guys were saying earlier, it's a who's who who I've been in the ring against. It's a who's who, what titles, and who I beat to win titles, and I'm going to win another one the 11th. And I don't really, we don't got to even do this. So just pull it. Just, just give up. Just give up right here, right now. Wow! Whoa! That's the best thing for you. Oh, right there, okay. Now you, you you can ask Dan, and you can ask Derek, you can ask Derek King, you can ask any of them. Chris Legs doesn't give up. I've never given up. 
one thing that I was taught in life is you tattoo do not gonna, give up. Tattoo's going to be there. Tattoo knows me. I'm going to hurt somebody. I'll hurt somebody. I know you ain't going to give up. I'm just go on and just forfeit. Just forfeit. Uh, you know, you're just never, what you're looking for, I see now that this isn't going to be a wrestling match. This is going to turn into a Memphis fight. That's what it's going to turn it into. Could because be. It could be. It could be. I'm going to mail you my belt. I, forfeit a match. I no, Memphis. never. I own Memphis. I own Watkins. I ain't playing. I ain't playing. Look, I, I bet, I bet. December 11th, you come on down there to Watkins, and I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what it means when I say, are you ready to feel the pow? Because, see, like I've told everybody once before, the pow can be anything from a punch, a kick, a slam, or just a chop to the chest. And if you're ready for it, then that makes me more than eager. So you come on down there, and we can stand across from that ring, and you can throw punches, and I can throw them just as well. Well, Chris, listen, it ain't my first rodeo, okay? I've probably been in the ring longer than you've been alive, okay? And I understand that you're that great athlete and you're the MEW champion and all that, dude. We ain't even got to do this. I'm trying to talk you out of it because I'm going to hurt somebody. I ain't playing. If I come there on 11, I get in the ring with you straight up. And if I hear yeah, somebody yell, go, Chris, go, or Chris, Chris, or Tracy sucks, straight up, everybody dies. I'm not playing. When I play, right. I'm gonna leave it that, and I'm gonna get off of here. Because I'm gonna try to take my dogs out. I gotta get up early in the morning. I got things to do, and all that. And I'll be expecting the belt to be coming in the mail to me. Okay, just give up. Just uh, give it up. Tra- uh, all right. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, Tracy, hold, 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 <laughs> all right, hold on, guys. Hold. Seven o'clock doors open. Eight o'clock bell time. M E W Walking Street Youth Center. All right. That's right. Tracy Smothers and Chris Legs, one on one. Whether it's a wrestling match or a fight, I'm ready. Whatever you want to do, man. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. We've, okay. Uh, uh, Tracy, let's go ahead. <laughs> We're kind of cutting what? into Chris's uh, hey, interview time. Here? So I'm, I'm not, I'm, huh? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Well, we're really sorry. I apologize. I'm sorry. Just apologize. We're, try, okay. we're trying to get control. We're just now trying to get control. Why Tennessee was in my rearview mirror eight years ago when I moved out of that oh, nothing. No. Come on. Well, oh. and what's this with? Hey, what's this with Memphis University? Got a winning season now. What? what look, coach knew what to do. Got one season. Got out of there. Left. Where did he go? Well, hey, now he all right. Job Come on. First not... good year y'all had in about a hundred years, Memphis <laughs> University. <laughs> uh, come on. Am I right or wrong? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Yeah, he went to Virginia Tech. He went to Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, but, uh, yeah, he need to get out of there. Oh well, yeah. Okay. Well, we're we're kind of well, shut Bill Street. If I come down, they need to shut Bill Street down. Shut the whole town down. Everybody needs to come down there and do because they're gonna witness. They're gonna witness ma- ultra mega mass homicide. I'm just telling you now. I, I, ain't oh, playing, I know, I I know, I know what I'm gonna. You got me about half hot. My belt. What? I'm not gonna make belt. I'm I'm gonna mail you hooked on phonics. Just so that thug right there can learn to read. Hey, thug, you, listen, you, you say Mr. Thug. You understand me, Chris? That's what you're going to be saying, all right, if I come down there. Did you know what it stands for? T is for terrible, H is for hell, U is for ugly, and G is for jail because a thug can't spell. And I'm going to leave it on that, and I'm going to get off of here. I got things to do. I ain't got time to mess with you. I expect my belt to be in the mail, guys. Bye. Uh, okay. Uh, wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, Interesting, wow. Uh, <laughs> well, Chris. Okay. So is, did Tracy hang up? <laughs> I think we lost Tracy. We lost Tracy. So, um, <laughs> wow. <laughs>
telling you. He ain't, he ain't going to get a belt in the mail. He's going to get a, a, a nice little hooked-on phonics because you heard him. He said G is for jail because a thug can't spell well. Yeah, yeah. He's going to see what phonics is like when he catches that right hook, left hook. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the king of pow has spoken. I'm still I'm trying to catch my breath after yeah, all that because that was insane. <laughs> it, that went out of control quickly. That, yeah, that this escalated is, very quickly. This is unprecedented <laughs> territory for our podcast. Yeah, here. we're we're teetering on the edge here. Instantly <laughs> <laughs> started bad mouth in Tennessee and Memphis. I mean, yeah. I'm born and raised Memphian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, geez. All right. Well. My house and looking at me in the eye and saying, I'm sitting in your lazy boy. That's not going. <laughs> I know it, brother. Oh, geez. You're all in my yard. I want you to get it up. Yep. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, I, you know, we kind of got knocked for a loop there. We just kind of we lost control of the show. Yeah. Um, uh, we have control now, though. Now that Tracy hung up. Well, <laughs> it's it's going to be well worth everybody's time to be there. Yes, it, yes, and it always is with MEW because it's just I, – I, I told Tattoo this. I have never left one MEW show disappointed. You guys, to me, you're a better product than the WWE right now. Um, you guys have more heart than, every I think, any wrestler in the WWE going right now. I mean, it's just – it's a it's a fantastic product you're all putting on there at 4050 North Watkins. Yeah. and uh, I appreciate that. Well, Chris, uh, I've got to I've got to let you in on a little something here too. Are you not two hundred percent into what we do? Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, I, I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. Uh, the MEW show is actually the first show that Derek has ever attended outside of WWE. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I and, went to I've been to US. Well, I mean, it speaks volumes, though. It speaks volumes, though, because like you know he. He's never been an indie fan until he went to y'all's show. So now y'all have turned him into an independent wrestling fan. And and that's awesome because if it wasn't for independent wrestling, there would be no WWE. Exactly. Exactly right. That's, exactly. That is exactly right. What uh, what appearances do you have coming up, Chris? Excuse me? What ex- what uh, appearances do you have coming up? Um, I, I have the, uh, the December 11th with the MEW. Um, it's kind of on and off with the way I go. I mean, like, uh, people usually wait to the last minute to call me and ask me to come in. So I, I just pretty much play everything by ear other than, you know, I, I know I'm going to be at MEW. That's, that's home base. You know, home comes first. So, And we, but, know, um, we know you're usually you, at the wildfire shows you, as well. Exactly. You can catch me at wildfire or you can catch me at um, SGWA on, on counter Fridays, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I, I try to get out and about. I go out to Humboldt, Tennessee from time to time, Dyersburg, Newburn. It, it just all depends on when them calls come through, when they care to use me, I guess you would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. <laughs> and you have one of the best connections, I think, to the fans at any of the show you go to, man. that My nephew went to his first show with me a couple months ago, instantly became a Chris Lex fan as soon as you came out. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> it's it's incredible, man. Anytime tells me the first time they come and they say that I, I shift their their mold of thinking with wrestling as far as what they thought of it, and then when they see me, they're like, I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. I, I, like for me, that speaks volumes for me because it makes me 
keep pushing, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes, you know, as a person, we have our moments when we get down and we're like, is this what I really want to do? And then that moment comes about and that's like, that's why I do this. Right. (laughs) That's really the fuel for me is is every time somebody gets hooked or they enjoy what I, what I, what I present to them, it, it keeps me going. And I think that's why I'm still going to this day. My body's pretty much broken, but Hey, I'm still going. (laughs) I know that feeling. <laughs> well, it's like hot bath, don't work no more. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Chris, we really thank you for coming on and talking a couple minutes. Sorry we got so derailed by Tracy. I mean, he got he got a little fired up there. Uh, yeah. Um, That's why out at Southern, you know, it's always been that way with when we were Tracy, whether it was on Memphis TV or where it was, the attention always instantly went to Tracy. <laughs> yep. He, well, went, he went from zero to promo in about two <laughs> seconds. <Yeah. laughs> well, uh, where can folks find you on social media, Chris? Um, you can find me Facebook.com, Chris Lex, Twitter, Chris Lex. Uh, if, you, if you just surf through there, you can find me on Snapchat under uh, I think it's Chris Lex1. All you gotta do if you Google me, you'll find everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do want to say this. I do, yeah. <laughs> I do want to say this. You know, we 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 just had like probably about an hour interview with uh, with Tracy. We're not shortchanging Chris. We are gonna no. have Chris on another show. We want to save Chris oh. for his own show and, and talk to him for a good thirty minutes to an hour too. Yeah. So yeah. we're not shortchanging Chris at all. We're we're just putting him on another show and you know we we want to promote mew yeah, just, and yeah, put the show out yeah, there and yeah, everything so yeah. that's why we put you know tracy and chris together here at the end and you know that's what sorry we lost control we lost control there <laughs> hey so. but remember hey y- 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 y'all know me I'm, I'm i'm mr cheap plug so you y- everybody remember 4050 north walking that's marvel elite wrestling memphis marvel elite wrestling to be exact you can catch us at 4050 north walking check us out give us a try if you don't like it it's your own opinion, but nine times out of ten, I can guarantee you from the, uh, the papa of the house down to the little baby of the house is going to love it. Y'all just got to keep coming. I, th- th- this is your MEW Supreme Champion speaking. And if I stamp it, that means that I that I support it highly. So if, if, if you're a wrestling fan and you just want to come out, even if you're just uh, – if you're wrestling talent around the area, contact us. We have no problem bringing anybody in to, you know, give us a shout, give us a holler. We're always looking for new elite talent, so to speak. But like I said, 4050 North Watkins, uh, check us out on Facebook, YouTube. You can catch all the dates at MarvelEliteWrestling.com. Mm-hmm. You know, at all the Marvel Elite Wrestling superstars as, as you're in the process of adding Marvel Elite Wrestling. There you go. Well, awesome, man. Well, Chris, thank you so much for calling in. Like I said, sorry again, we lost control there, but I, we've got to get you back on the show because I, I I know I could we could easily talk talk to you for an hour. Oh yeah, and also <laughs> oh. tattoo is in our chat room over at mixler dot com slash oversell podcast. Um, he says uh, starting January first, MEW is going to go back to bi weekly, bi weekly, bi weekly every two bi-weekly. weeks. Twenty sixteen, get ready. There yes, sir. Go. It's going to be the year of MEW. One one sixteen. Yes, sir. Friday, Res- resolution. The first day is on a Friday, so be there. <laughs> MEW is ready to turn out your year with resolution. There you yes, go. Sir. Well, to Chris, thank you so much, man. We really do appreciate it. Well, 
this has been a hell of a show. Yeah. Uh, do, do we have control of this part at we least? Got, we're back. I think we're back. We're, are you good? I'm good. Okay, I'm good. You good? I'm good. So, uh, I'm going to start cutting a promo myself. That, yeah. That's, <laughs> Tom, just think, Tracy freaking Smothers just yeah. cut a promo on the Oversell Podcast. There you go. Well, Did guys, you ever think back in... <laughs> Back after WrestleMania, when we started recording, you'd have Tracy Smothers. No, I, not at, <laughs> nah. true legend. You oh, know, yeah. that's two legends we've that gotten is, to talk to. Let me and, tell you something. And, and every superstar we've gotten. There to talk is to. no guy still working in the business. Been working in the business for thirty or forty years now that still gives back like Tracy does. Right. You know, go still goes to shows. Still goes around on the independents and doing stuff and, and, and gets doing whatever's it too. and gets it. Yes. So. Well, like uh, we like as we like to end every episode, we like to do superstar of the week. So, Dan, I ask you this: Who is your superstar of the week? Uh, that would be Tracy Smothers. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, I, I, for taking over the show. <laughs> yeah, I, you know that what? You awesome. t- you'll take Smothers. I'll take Lex. Okay, oh Chris Lex is my superstar of the week. Heck yeah, uh, folks! MEW next week, December eleventh. Doors open at seven. Uh, the bell time is at 8. Come see all these MEW superstars. Chris Lex, Tracy Smothers, Tattoo, Reno Diamond, Full Deck, even though they broke up Diamond Ink, darn it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so I'm still upset about that. Maybe we'll get to see Kid Crazy. Um, we uh, But we let's get out of here. Yeah. We've gone kind of like, long. I, I'm going to go down and get into my car because I, I have control over that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Always check us out. Be sure to head over to oversellpodcast.com. Check out the Amazon links there. Buy some stuff off of Amazon. Help us out. You'll send this podcast a few bucks and, you know, anything we spend, everything we make will go back into the podcast as far as upgrading equipment or anything like that. You're going to shop at amazon.com anyway. Just use our link at oversellpodcast.com. Be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at oversellpodcast. You can also head over to facebook.com slash oversellpodcast. And you can follow me on Facebook. I'm at Shropenuts, S-C-H-R-O-E-P-N-U-T-S. That's Twitter. Did you I said, say Facebook? You said Facebook. Um, <laughs> well, follow me. <laughs> I'm, I, yeah. I'm razzled. I know. We're, we're out of Tra- sorts here. I, I'm, I'm scared Tracy Smothers is going to come knock down my door. Yeah, Tracy was talking about addresses. I'm glad I'm getting given mine. <laughs> <laughs> follow me on Twitter. We are... I am at Shropenuts, S-C-H-R-O-E-P-N-U-T-S. I am at One Dangerous Dan, all spelled out. Follow Wolf Mike, Wolf Mike 23. And And I'm on Facebook, too, Dangerous Dan Matthews. All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening. This is the Oversell Podcast.